honor. All right, praise God. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Yes. Can we get we're at four? Wait a minute, I'm being cued to wait. We're live. Welcome if you're watching online. We're ready to give, give God the glory and the word of the Lord is going to come forth. Amen? Praise God. Let me ask you. Everybody had a good week? Anybody in a trial? Come on. Anybody in a trial? Raise them high. Oh, thank you, God. I'm not the only one. Amen? Guess what? What does the trial do? Who said that? Yes. It matures you. So, what do we, why do we sometimes in the trial, we kind of like blow it? Why? Okay, Todd, you ready? Give me the word. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 46. I want to take you through a progression that the Lord's been showing me for the last couple of weeks. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Come on now, let me, let me, let me say that again. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? What is Jesus saying to us right here? Why don't you recognize my authority? That's what he's saying. Why don't you recognize my authority? Give me the next verse, Todd. Verse 47. Jesus says, Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Next verse. He is like a man building a house who dug a deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. And when the flood arose and the streams beat vehemently against the house and he could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. Why in the trial sometimes do we step off of the rock? You following me? Now, I'm going to say something very important. Where your attention lies in the trial, where your attention lies is where the emotions in the, in the soul is going to be produced. Y'all follow that? So if I step off of the rock and I'm not doing what Christ says, then I can expect, expect a crash. Why? Because I'm giving my attention now to the enemy and the circumstance. Right? The circumstances overwhelm me. The spirit of heaviness has come upon you, and you've taken your eyes off of the rock, and now you're focused on what's coming at you. You feel that way? But Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I tell you to do? When the spirit of heaviness comes on you, what are you supposed to do? Okay. When the spirit of heaviness comes on you, what are you supposed to do? Who said that? Henry said that? That's right. He said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
Why is it we have put on the garment? Putting on the garment means I'm fully clothed. It is wrapped around me. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. But I want to back up a minute. I want you to recognize the authority of Christ. It is the rock, the foundation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is the rock in which we stand. Everything that was made, that was made by Him. You follow me? So if we stand upon the Word, don't look at the circumstance. Man, we, this, this message has been preached a trillion times, and we're still trying to get it right. Because we don't lose our peace in the trial. Now, how many of you have felt just completely overwhelmed by a trial? Come on, raise your hand. Because I've been there right here recently. I was in three trials at once with everything that was as close to me as it could be. Home, work, and ministry. Boom, 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 boom. But God said, I maintain my peace. Why? Go to James 1. James 1, 1. Go to James 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into the various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, what? Patience. Go ahead. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be, what? Perfect. Matured. And complete, lacking nothing. Next verse. And if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now I want you to go back to, um, uh, go to Luke 7, Todd. I want to talk about this authority again. And I want to show you a progression that the Lord took me through with the centurion. How many of you know the story about the centurion? Whose servant needed to be healed, right? Okay. Go to 7-1. Seven, seven now when he concluded all his sayings, this is right after Jesus just said, why do you not listen to what I tell you to do? And if you do this, you'll be like the man who built a foundation on a firm house. So now he concluded all his sayings, and in the hearing of his people, he entered Capernaum. Next verse. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Now, I stopped and I said, I said okay, I started studying this and God began to reveal more and more. And I started um, the search. What exactly was the centurion? I love to get fun facts because it just uh, keeps you reeled in. Right? What is a centurion? Who said soldier? He was a leader of the soldiers. Let me tell you some characteristics of a centurion because it all ties in to authority. See, a centurion had to be at least 30 years of age. A centurion had to be a man of impeccable integrity. A centurion was pretty much a big guy. He, had, he was known for his size. He was more than proficient with a spear, a sword, and a shield. Because if any of his cohorts got out of line, his legionnaires got out of line, he could well handle them because he was highly more skilled than they were. Not only did he, was he a man of impeccable character, but he led by example. 
He didn't just send his legionnaires into battle. And sometimes he could lead as many as 100 to 600 men he was over. Not only did he just tell them to go to battle, but he was on their right flank on the front line, fighting, leading by example. He's a bad dude. They were. They were bad dudes. They were ruthless. They were killers. They were soldiers. They knew the art of war. They had horse hair that stood straight up on their hat that their men could identify them by. He still barked orders as he was wielding a sword, leading by example. He was paid sometimes as much as 17 times more than a normal legionnaire. All this is just like I said, fun fact. But it leads you, it leads us now into getting into this whole story because now I want to tell you something. The centurion and Jesus never met. The centurion, if you're writing and you're keeping notes, you want to keep this. The number one thing that happened to the centurion is he began to recognize authority. He began to see the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I want to hammer home tonight, that we must see the authority of it, of who it is that we serve. Amen? All right. Go to the next verse, Todd. So when he had heard about Jesus, that's it right there, boom. When he had heard about Jesus. See, all this was happening and happening, but he didn't just hear about Jesus that day. And I'll prove it to you in just a second. See, he had been hearing. Not only had he been hearing, he had been seeing Jesus walk up to the demonics and say, go. Not a hand was laid on them. He just said, go. And they left. He saw Jesus go up to them and lay his hands on their eyes and they were open. He saw them tell the lame to get up and walk and he did. And the whole time he's pondering this in his heart because they were completely men of authority and they questioned nothing. The centurion was known. He didn't question any kind of order that was given to him. He just obeyed it blindly. Oh, that I would... Obey God blindly. Sometimes He has to deal with me two or three days before I obey. It's good that I obey, but I want to get to the point to where He speaks, Yes, God, go. We all have to get to this point and get to the reasoning in our minds, right? As He's watching Jesus, and this is going on, see, this authority began to build, and He began to say, hey, there's something about this man. His authority is greater than what's in Rome. His authority is greater than what is in the, than Caesar. His authority is greater than what is the, the uh, captains above me. And a man with great authority will only respond to someone who has more authority than he does. Amen? All right, next verse, Todd. And when they came to Jesus... Wait a minute, I'm sorry, back up. Back up, please. So when he had heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews pleading with him to come heal his servant. Notice. See, at that time, a centurion couldn't go to the Jews. In case you didn't know this, they didn't like one another. They had invaded Jerusalem. They were being barked orders and pushed around in their own city and in their own country. They were not familiar 
uh, friends with one another. But the centurion began to understand the custom of the people and he backed up in order. Man, the centurion was a due to order too. If I left that out. Extreme order. He backs up and goes through the customs of the Jews to get to Jesus. See, when I go before, when you would go before a king, you wouldn't just march up to the palace and knock on the door. You had to have a mercenary that went before you to announce. Right? All right. Now, he recognized Jesus' authority, number one. And as he's recognizing this authority, he also notices something very different about Jesus. Compassion. Compassion, he notices. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more than a soldier would grab upon, grab a hold to than compassion because when you're war weary and you've seen men slaughtered and you've slaughtered them yourself, let me tell you, compassion begins to just melt. So he went in the order and he got some elders of the Jews to go to Jesus. Next verse. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying that the one for whom he should do, this was deserving. This is the Jews talking to Jesus. Why? Why was he deserving? Next verse. For he loves our nation. Step number two. He recognized, excuse me, step number one. He recognized Jesus' authority. And number two, he began to love because he recognized something greater than himself, Rome, and Caesar. Y'all with me? Praise God. Recognize the authority. And you begin to love. And he has built us a synagogue. Now let me ask you this. This man is a man of war. He reigns over anywhere from 100 to 600 men. Why did he go build a synagogue? Because when you recognize the authority of your Lord and Savior, and that love and that compassion begins to overwhelm you, you want to give. Amen? Oh, y'all quiet now. He has built us a synagogue for He loves our nation and He has built us a synagogue. Next verse. Tom. Then Jesus went with them and when He was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to Him saying, Lord, do not trouble Yourself for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. What's the next thing? Somebody guess. Thank you. The next thing was, he now humbles himself before God. Understand something. The centurion had a tribulation going on here. They weren't allowed to marry. They took on servants and the servants became their family. The servant was precious to him. Was precious to him. But 
through this whole thing, he had already been watching Jesus. Building the case that this man has more authority. I'm beginning to understand him and I love him. And he's giving that last step. He humbles himself. No, you can't come under my roof. Let me come under yours. Amen. I'm quiet here. Then Jesus went to them, and, he, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Next verse. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word. And my servant will be healed. In this version in Luke, it doesn't hardly even mention the miracle. It wasn't about the miracle. It was about the centurion. Can I step into the centurion's place just for a second? Can I get into his thought process just for a second? Did he worry? Did he doubt? No. Did it say that he was stepping in and out of faith? No, he had been watching. His faith had been building the whole time. But say the word. Jesus says, wow. I don't even have faith like that in my Jews over here. It takes a Gentile to come up with this faith. Why are we not like that? We recognize this authority of what our God has said. Amen? Does that move you? Next verse, Todd. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard, this th heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Let me go back to the beginning. Jesus said, what was it in 646, Todd? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Now, how many of y'all raised your hand you was in a trial? Oh, I ain't seen no hands now. Y'all done with the trial already? Wow. Where is my attention going to be? Where my attention stays is where my emotion will thrive. Does that make sense? Where my attention lies. Stop giving the enemy attention. Yeah, but you don't understand. You don't understand. It, it presses on me. and it, Oh, I just, oh, you don't understand. Man, man, man. Oh, let me tell you something. I've been through this process. And I failed. Wow, that's transparency for you. In the last month, I've had three major trials pressing at me from every direction. And I'd last for a little bit, but after a while, the weight of it. But my attention waned. Thank God for the trial, for it works patience. And even though I failed, Paul said, learn from your life experiences 
So now if that trial comes back at me again, I got you, man. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my garment of praise on. And when you come at me, I'm going to get higher. You laugh, you laugh, you, you Scream at me, I'm going to scream louder. You press harder on me, I'm going to press harder. You keep on with me and I'm going to praise louder. Amen? Alright, let me back up. You've got the teaching. I'm going to give you the testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Two weeks ago, you heard a wonderful testimony about my son over here in the red hat. A lot of prayer had gone out for him. A lot of prayer. But I won't tell you. I had come to my end. This was just one trial I was in. I was, I was just coming to my end. How many of you ever been to a trial and you go, I just can't take it no more. I am Popeye. All I, all I can stand and I can't stand no more and spinach is not going to help you. How many of you have been there? I can't take not one more thing. Just before deliverance came, just before salvation came, it elevated and elevated in my son. He knew I was going to talk about this. He's good with it. One weekend, I'm just going to share this, son. You know, you're not going to be embarrassed because God's delivered him. He just disappears. Nobody knows where he is. Family's freaking out. That weekend, oddly enough, I held my peace. I knew. I kept getting a witness. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. I'm going to kill him when he gets home, but he's fine. <laughs> I brought him in. I'm going to take him out. Come on. How many of you are parents in here? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I, was, I made it through that weekend. But the very next weekend... Here it comes again, and it wasn't as bad as the weekend before, but that was my bullying point. That's when I was like Popeye. That's all I can stand, God. You said that you would not put on me more than I can stand, God, and this is more. Come on, y'all never said that? This is more. So when I get in this frame of mind, I have to do two things. I go grocery shopping. I go to Publix. They got cheese. They got ricotta cheese, Swiss cheese. They got goat cheese. They got feta. Oh, they got pepper jack. I love cheese. I love that. I just go to the counter, and if I'm in a mess here, I just, oh, yeah. Wow. I come home with weird cheeses and pastes. I'm not eating that. You don't have to. So I'm on the bread aisle. I'm on the bread aisle and I'm talking to God. I talk to God in the grocery store. People think I'm crazy because I talk everywhere I go to myself. I'm, I'm going down the bread aisle. God, you know. <laughs> I'm just grumbling to God. Grumbling to God. And then you know what? You know what he does? I get a phone call. It's my other child. How many of y'all remember the French stones? Y'all remember Dino? The little pet dinosaur? You remember the noise he made? That noise? I'm on the bread aisle and I'm getting it from my other kid. And I'm going, God, this cannot be happening to me today. 
Are you serious? Take a loaf of bread. Oh, that's a loaf of bread. Clean up all seven. Because I'm a mess now. That's it. I'm done, God. I can't take no more. I mean, this was real. I'm talking about this oppression got so serious that I mean, I'm, I'm ready to just run down the street. And I get home and I unload the groceries and I thank God for a caring, loving wife. I'm standing in my kitchen and she could see it all over me. She could see it. And she walks up and I don't even remember what she said, but she just touched my arm and I completely fell apart in my kitchen. I'm being transparent. I'm, telling, I'm, I'm fixing to really teach you something here. I fell apart weeping like a girl. Not that... Not that <laughs> that kind of crying I can't take no more God I'm at my end I'm really at my end Father I'm at my end there was one more thing I lacked what was the first thing authority what was the second thing love what was the third thing giving see in June see in June God spoke to me and said I need you to give your car away. Hmm? Yeah, give your car away. But God, it's paid for. I know. Took me about three weeks. Gave my car away. Obedience. What was the fourth thing? Humility. See, in the kitchen, I broke. I broke. Everything come unglued because I couldn't fix it anymore. I couldn't do it. I could not fix anything. I had to say, God, help me. I cried out to my father because I couldn't take one more second. And son, that doesn't mean I didn't love you. I loved you with all my heart. But I just come to the point there was nothing left in me to give. Even my compassion had started to wane. Come on. Man, this is so real. You understand this is so real. That Monday, my son and I got up and we went in town to a place called the Recovery Center. This is Monday. They left Thursday going to Miami. Remember, my total meltdown was Sunday. This is Monday. We go in to the recovery center. I had an appointment with the man and I kept thinking, God, I know this man's name. I know his name. Where did I know him from? I know that name. I walk in the recovery center. As I walk in this recovery center, I see Christian's grandmother on his mother's side. And she looks at me. And she looks at me with desperation in her eyes. And I walked up to her and she just dove on my neck. And she said, I can't do it anymore. I can't take it anymore. See, Christian's 81-year-old grandfather is in the same place at the same time seeing the same man he was going to see and nobody knew anything about it. Talk about a God set up nobody knew I looked I was completely blown away
I, I was going, oh, wow. This isn't a God moment. This is a God day. <laughs> wow. I said it backwards. Wow. Christian's grandfather came out. It was not nice. He was not happy. He didn't want to be there. Christian saw his grandfather. And it wrecked him. We started driving home and he said, Dad, God's showing me. If I don't change, that's change. Wow. Come on. Now, while Christian... When the man came out, he immediately recognized him and I knew where I knew him. The man even knew me. And he said, you mean to tell me that that's your son's grandfather and y'all nobody knew? And he went, wow, that's spiritual. <laughs> His words, not mine. And I went, you have no idea. You have no idea. So now, Christian goes in for consultation with this man. And now, two brothers walk in. And this is what God did for me. And this is so beautiful. Two brothers walk in in their early 30s. Maybe late 20s, early 30s. Very clean cut, clean cut family. Very nicely dressed. And one brother was a total wreck. And they were trying to have him committed. And they were just begging and pleading with him. And he was fighting tooth and nail. And they had a counselor with him. His wife was there. His brother. His brother's wife. His mom. And his dad. I mean it was a whole family affair. In full view. In the lobby of this place. And this is happening. And I'm sitting there. And I'm, I'm watching this. And as I'm watching this. I begin to feel them. I begin to feel especially the brother. I could feel his pain. And it felt like stabbing in my chest. I could feel everything he was going through. I could see the concern. I could see the pain on his face. And I was going, oh God. This, this, you know, I saw the whole pain in his whole family. And I sat there and the brother kept making eye contact with me. The one that was not trying to be committed. And he kept looking and he'd look away. And I'm going, God, God. And I could feel the column of God coming down in this place. And this was for nobody else but me. I get up and go to the restroom and I had to come back through and I had to walk right through them. They were in a big circle. I mean, they literally parted so I could walk through and I got right in the middle of them and I stopped. And I just stopped and I was even shaking. And I looked at the mom and I said, is that your son? Because he would go in and out. And he would come in and he'd go, no, I'm not, I'm not staying. And he'd go back out. And they were pleading and they just all came in and they were just leaving standing on the sidewalk. And I said, is that your son? She said, yes. And then I pointed it to the other son that I could see such pain. I said, is that your son? She said, yes. And I said, sir, may I say something to you? Right in front of everybody, God, and the whole place, the staff, everybody. I said, I said, sir, I have to tell you this. I said, I know what you're going through. And I can feel your pain. And I understand it. I said, but I want to tell you one thing. This is natural help right here. I said, but there is one that is greater than the natural help. There is one that come to set the captives free. I said, are you a Christian? I'm saying all this. And I'm not thinking it's pouring out. I said, 
Are you a Christian? He said, yes. His counselor is sitting with him. And I said, well, this family needs to get up and they need to join hands and they need to begin to pray for this brother and bind this thing that is having him captive. I said, is your brother captive? He said, yes. I said, then bind it in Jesus' name. And what is bound here is bound there. What is loosed here is loosed there. I'm weeping now here. Because God has given me compassion for a family I didn't even know. Never met. He's refilling me. You get it? And I looked at him and I said, Brother, I said, I love you and I'm, I'm crying. Poor, tears are pouring. The brother, now tears is pouring him. The counselor's like, Wow. Oh. That's the word of the night. Wow. He looked and he said, I can't. He said, man, that was awesome words of encouragement. And I looked over at the mom and the mom is bawling. And the dad's just standing up against the wall and his mouth is just wide open. Trying to figure out what just happened. The Spirit of God just hit the room. I could feel it was thick. Thick. And that day, when my compassion, it just, I was at my end. It was like God just opened up my head and just poured all the oil back in. I told my son today, I said, God's given me such a new patience, compassion for you. Crazy compassion now. He knows I'm not going to let go of him. I've got a bulldog grip on him, me and Jesus. Isn't that an awesome testimony? Isn't that just crazy how God, right? Right when I'm giving up, when I just can't take it anymore, right when, it, when sin is manifest as big as salvation, right there, boom. Right there. But see, see, God's going to get us to the place where, okay, I was dealing with all this. That's enough. But then I was dealing with another issue over here. And then I have one back here, my back, you know, it's just constant, constant, constant. But where my attention was, come on, where my attention was. But God taught me something that's so powerful. I may have failed that test. I thank God I went through every last bit of it because I won't fail it next time. Amen? Now, I want to get back to something. Y'all know I don't preach real long. They always, everybody likes when I preach because I don't preach long. Right? I want to get back to something. Why do we call Him Lord, Lord, and we don't do what He says do? Are we recognizing the authority and we're believing in the authority lock, stock, and barrel. We don't move from it. You know, through this whole situation, my faith has just been... I feel like Papa. I just feel, I feel it. I feel the power. You get it? So do we... When the spirit of heaviness comes on you, what am I going to do? Garment of praise. Hmm. Garment of praise. Just happen to have one. <laughs> I'm going to put on my garment of praise. 
My garment of praise must completely surround me. My garment of praise must become my attention. So when I put it on, it's on. Why do we do this so often? Is it on? No, it's not on. Is it on now? This is what we do. We praise for a minute, but then we start giving the circumstance all the attention. What happens when we give the circumstance all the attention? Oppression, depression begins to set in. But when I get a hold of the authority of God, when I get a hold of God exactly who He is, when I begin to love, when I begin to give, when I begin to humble myself before Him. And zip this up. Now, my garment of praise is completely on me. It is completely around me. I am surrounded. So now I say, God, whatever this circumstance is, I don't understand it. I'm not supposed to understand it. If you're an emerald or you're an evangelist here, just shut up. You're not supposed to understand it. Just be quiet. You can't figure out God. You just get on this garment of praise and say, God, I thank you. I thank you. I don't understand this, God, but it don't matter. I'm going to give you the glory. Here comes the circumstance. Nope, it gets louder. That means i got to get louder. My praise has got to get louder. My hands have to go lifted high. He comes against me with bonus, then my bonus must increase. I must stand still and square my shoulders and get to a place where I don't care what it says. I'm going to do what He said. Amen? Because now I'm fully clothed and I'm putting on the whole armor of God. Put it on. Stop moving from God. What word? He said, just speak the word. What word? What is your circumstance? What is your trial? What word does He have for it? Do you know? Then I go to that word and I go, that's the authority. I'll believe nothing less. Amen. Sometimes I got just to say hallelujah anyhow. Come on. I told you this was for you, Mamie. Hallelujah, anyhow. Wait a minute. I think I'll testify. God's been good to me. Through many tests and trials, I still have the victory. I've come too far to turn around now. I'm going to wait and watch God work it out. No more will I be bound. That's a song, by the way, if y'all don't know it. Hallelujah. Anyhow, wait a minute. See, there's something you're missing here. Wait a minute. One more time. I think I'll say it again. God's been good to me. He's my closest friend. I've come too far to turn around now. I'm going to stand. I'm going to watch. Watch God work it out somehow. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Hallelujah means the highest praise. That means I'm throwing the highest praise at that situation. At that circumstance. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I'm not going to be found by it anymore. 
I'm tired of the devil. See, when I hear and I do nothing, now I'm like the man who has built his house on nothing but the earth. And when the wind blows, and when the rain comes, and when everything comes down, the house is destroyed because I'm not standing on the rock. My garment of praise is hot. (laughs) Praise God. You get this? Hmm? I looked for a choir robe all week and couldn't find one. You know the choir robe when you put the collar on there? I think that worked out better. Praise God. Let me tell you something. All right, hold on. Let me ask you something. I started this message as who was in a trial. And I told you, I failed the trial. I did. But I wouldn't take anything for it. What I've learned from it is it's astronomical. Because when it comes back, I'm going to have peace. He's wanting to get you to where you're not moved. You're in perfect peace. You get this? I'm in perfect peace. Let it come from the left, the right. Whose authority am I going to stand on? Whose authority am I going to believe? And I ask you again in the beginning, who's in a trial? Oh, y'all free already? Great. That's some powerful preaching. You found that song, Todd? Found that song. Praise God. Turn it up. God's been good to me Through every test and trial I've got the victory Well I've come to God bring me down Hallelujah Anyhow God's been so good to me He's my closest friend. Well, I've come too far to turn around now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Watch God work it out somehow. No matter what comes my way. Now, if you're in a trial tonight, now's the time. Now's the time to start praising. Put on your garment of praise. Come on, let the devil give him hell. Good to me. Hallelujah, anyhow. Be good 
to me. Somebody needs to dance. Well, God, been good to me. I'll lift my voice and say, Anyhow. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. To turn around now. I'm going to stand. I'm going to wait. Watch God work it out somehow. No matter what comes my way, I lift my voice and say, Hallelujah, anyhow. Well, I've come to try to bring me down, ground, bring me down. Hallelujah, anyhow. Test the trial, I've got the victory. Say, God, been good to me. Anyhow, Y'all get that song? Come on. Do you really get it? What is it saying? I don't care what's coming at me. It's going to be a hallelujah anyway. The highest praise to Him. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Y'all enjoy this tonight? Thank you. Thank God. Uh, he is awesome. My God is so awesome. Yes, He wants our praise. He just wants us. Amen? What's the time check, Todd? I did good. I did good. Wow. All minds clear? Anybody got anything? Anybody need anything? Y'all come get me while I got a bunch of compassion going. <laughs> come get you some right now. Come on. We all good? Praise God. Stand to your feet. Father, I just adore you and worship you. I thank you for your presence, Lord. I thank you that you go out before me, oh God. Lord, I thank you for this family. They're an awesome group of people, Lord. 
I thank you for their gifts and their talent, their loyalty and their faithfulness. God, I bless them in the name of Jesus. May they be blessed coming in and going out. Lord, let your countenance settle upon them as they leave, Lord, and keep them safe until we return. In the mighty name and the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.